Okay. Now I officially have the micro microphones figured out. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, as far as topic today, we are going to talk about what does it look like with Alex being my coach? Oh, God. So this is a little bit of like Alex's process as a coach, what it looks like to be a client, check-ins, all of that kind of thing, I expectations. Can't give away my trade secrets. <laughs> well, no, obviously it's not going to be like 100% your process, but like as a client onboarding, like expectations are important to set out for people. So what to expect as the like the client and what is expected of the client in order to like have a successful relationship with you as their coach. So that's what it's going to be. Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> no trade secrets. The trade secret is cows everywhere. Apparently. <laughs> okay. So, um, oh gosh, I didn't necessarily set an icebreaker for this one, apparently. What? I know. Um, hold on. Hold oh. on. Goodness. What is the what is the worst thing to say to a bride slash groom on their wedding day? I don't know. I just, I just pulled up Reddit. Okay. <laughs> um, the worst thing to say on a to a bride or groom on their wedding day. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think the worst thing to tell someone is, or to even ask, is like. Hey, so where's the groom? Like, hey, so where's the bride? <laughs> like, if you like psych them out and get them all freaked out that somebody like uh, left them at the altar, I think that's probably the worst like thing you could like joke about on the day of. Personally, like I know personally when you took off in a truck with your groomsmen and tore off down the road after wedding photos before we actually had guests arriving, I was a little petrified. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, mm, pretty sure if you were going to leave me at the altar, you should have done it six months ago before we were actually married. <laughs> Little did I know you tore your pants and you needed to go That's take those whole, up. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Mac agrees. Yeah. Do you, do you like that one, buddy? Can you stop? He's super needy this week. I don't know what's going on. Is the weather got you freaked out? <laughs> Apparently. I'm gonna go with um Oh my god, you're wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. That's your answer. That's my okay. answer. All right. It's not not either that or did you guys get a prenup? <laughs> either or. Either or, yeah. For the record, we do not have a prenup. In case anyone's just wondering. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe the fourth time around. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so starting out, um, when you have people sign up, what kind of information are you looking from them? Like as far as their background, um, like take us through kind of your your Is questionnaire. Is everything process. not a good answer? Well, no, like some things carry weight over others. Of like, hey, I've tried keto and that's really successful for me. Or hey, I really like um like i don't know i just feel like there are certain questions that you might ask that tell you about people's mindset a little bit more than just like what kind of foods do you like to eat for sure um i mean de definitely just getting like a general understanding what their background is like if somebody's been working out for a long time do they understand do they understand what if i give them a blanket like Hey, I just want you to do like a squat variation. Do they know what the hell that means? Right. No, I don't know what a squat is. Okay, well, maybe I got to be a little more specific on stuff. Um, um, I would definitely say getting an idea of what their workouts look like right now, like what their schedule is, so we can kind of actually plan around things. Yeah. Um, bl blood work, I think, is definitely becoming more apparent for coaches to get so they can actually see underlying problems or at least if you are a good coach you should probably see what what the hell's going on internally kind of start a baseline before you start jumping into a bunch of changes to their diet or their yeah i mean or, regimen or just in general like at any point in the process like would you prefer people come in with lab work so that you kind of know i, I mean a it, baseline starting so that you can track better metrics or does it matter 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like if we have a baseline of stuff, for sure, if somebody comes in with blood work, that's really helpful to me. And so, like, hey, Alex, like, I don't really think carbs work super well for me. I'm like, okay, well, I wonder why that could be. Are we just eating? What kind of carbs are we having? When are you having these carbs? Like, what's your body composition at? Like, hell, maybe let's just see what your blood glucose looks like when you wake up. If it's like if you're almost a type 2 diabetic you're like yeah i could see maybe why carbs aren't working super well for you and so like it, it's just, it's certain stuff like that that you i definitely would like to see right off the bat um de- definitely what people are eating food wise on like a daily basis like I, I still ask people like hey do you have any idea what your macros look like and then i'll ask them okay well what does your actual day of food actually look like you right. know and so right because 50 grams of carbs looks very different portion size rice versus pasta or potatoes versus a cupcake kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. or if you're just getting someone that's maybe eating two three times a day and one of those meals is just a freaking salad with maybe a little bit of chicken on it like 99 times out of 10, especially the lifestyle of people I get, they're, they're just not eating nearly enough like food in general to really support any, any sort of metabolism or like fat, fat loss or muscle building goals. So, um, and so when you're looking at that background stuff, obviously, like you said, you, it gives you a better idea of how to tailor their, the information you give them as far as like their workout plan or maybe like measuring food if they've never measured food before. Does it? Well, it even gives me a good idea. Like if I ask them what their food looks like on a daily basis, and like I ask them to give me like, okay, what what do you think you're eating in calories, macros? Like, if you give me these two different pictures, there's two ways of di- doing it, right? Like your meal plan or your macros. Like if these two things aren't even remotely lining up, it's like okay, <laughs> maybe kind you don't of a really even perception of what those macros might be. Of like, yeah. oh, I'm eating two thousand calories, and then <laughs> when you break it down, no, it's you're like not. you're <laughs> maybe eating twelve hundred. Like that's a no, big you're difference. Not, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so do you feel like it, some of that background helps you tailor like the intensity off the bat as well of like, in in the sense of like goals and expectations as well as the background? Do you feel like some of that like changes how you approach their plan as far as like how many days in the gym or how many calories to jump into or do you know, does that make sense? No, it doesn't. Like, are you looking at this background information and basing some sort of intensity off of it as well? Like, hey, I'm an athlete and I've worked out blah, 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 blah for the rest, for the past like five, 10 years. And these are my goals and my expectations. And so you purposely start them out higher or harder because you know that they have an athlete mentality versus just Joe Blow off the street that wants to lose 10 pounds. If anything, it's more, I would say more of the goal is going to dictate that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, in term, in terms of their background, like whether or not they're just Joe Blow or they've been like an athlete in the past. Yeah. That's more of what I'm going to kind of, what I'm kind of expecting with their ability to like follow something, you know what I mean? Their, yeah. their ability to, to adhere to something or to how, how much more like, I guess complicated something can get. It's not that I make try and make things complicated, but like the more the more they could probably get away with, like me giving them more more things to do or being more specific on things. Okay. Like if like if like if you're a bodybuilder or like you're a previous athlete and you come in like maybe I don't have to be so like open with people. Like a lot of times when I give people like protein or something or like I I want them to get protein in this one meal like. More lifestyle people that really just have no idea. I'll give them more like a wider range so they can adhere to stuff a little bit better versus like somebody else. It's like, okay, it's like, let's see what chicken breast specifically does. So it's one person. you use it as a gauge for how monotonous you can make the plan. Yeah. I mean, some people like more monotony too. Like it's just generally more lifestyle people or people who really don't they have want like the a, flexibility to be able to make dinner for their family or which have is fine. options they, or yeah. They don't, their they goals don't have, are different. They, yep. Exactly. They, okay. So you get a lot of like, when you're looking at background information, you're also prioritizing their goal yeah. or what they, their desires out of the long-term process. Mm-hmm. And ha- do you feel like you have to take a lot of time 
explaining the expectations to people of like, or how to maybe manage their own expectations. Like, do you feel like you get a lot of people that are like, Hey, I need to lose 10 pounds in three weeks. What can you do for me? Or do you feel like you've marketed yourself well enough to most of your clients understand that it's a process? No, it's, it, it's always going to depend on the person. Like, so like, so you have somebody that wants to lose a bunch of weight right off the bat here. I'm like, okay, well, this, you're, you're not doing anything right now. We, we've done our whole life. Haven't we like a reverse diet chat? Like you, you, we only, you, you only have two tools really to lose weight or lose fat, right? You've got either taking out food. You're, you got to eat less than what you're doing right now, or you got to do more of what you're doing right now. So like more cardio, you're just doing more steps throughout the day. Those are really your two things. So, um, I'm gonna I'm getting ahead of myself here. In terms of like the expectations of people, it, it just really depends. I I think I've done a pretty decent job of making people more aware of kind of what the expectation is right off the bat. Um, but that's that's just me. Yeah. And so for the most part, like once you've got a plan together and out to your new client, there's no. I guess gap between like what they're expecting and what you've explained. Like you, part of your intake process is really making sure that they understand the timeline, right? So that they're mm-hmm. not frustrated with not seeing their expected results in the first two weeks. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think that's kind of one of the big things I want to. I definitely put an emphasis on with my coaching is that I one specifically in like all my coaching stuff that I do give people, I give them like an actual freaking timeline right off the bat. Like, Hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking of how stuff's going. Like, this is just kind of like my general assessment of this is might be kind of what it looks like for the next like six, seven, eight months in terms of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to reverse diet here for about this long. Let, let's see what that gets us doing. Like, okay, maybe, maybe at that point we're, we'll, we'll be at the, around the state we can start cutting for stuff if we're ready to do that um i think the biggest biggest problem the most anger that comes out or disappointment that comes out of like coaching i feel like is really just on the expectations you know and just communicate communications just by far one of the most important things when it comes comes to this stuff and yeah in any sort of relationship whether that's personal to work yeah coaching i mean mean, this it is what it is it's it's real it's a relationship yeah it's one of my mantras all anger is rooted in unmet expectations because it truly is um do you feel like for the most part your clients are pretty respectful of and and i shouldn't say respectful understanding and accepting of those timelines when you give them or do you ever feel like you've got kind of a disappointment or a pushback along the lines of like well, dang, I was really hoping to be like where you're saying I'm going to be in six months. I was really hoping to be there in three months. What can we do about that? Or do you feel like most people hear the plan and go, okay, yeah, that seems reasonable. Um, I would say most, I would say most people feel pretty reasonable. It's again, it's the whole, the whole communication thing is the, the most important part. As long, as long as you can really explain to someone like what's, what it's probably going to look like. I feel like for the most part, people people are okay with that as yeah. long as they just have an understanding. They know of what the plan is. Versus like, okay, I'm just gonna to give week. I'm just gonna give this guy some money. We're gonna go start working out. I'm gonna start eating cleaner. Let's yeah, and and giving or this them, guy's gonna make me a pro, and I'm gonna win a bodybuilding show here in a couple months. Right, and I think it helps to give them kind of a long term focus. Right, like in some ways, some a lot of clients come in with. I would say a relatively like short-term goal. I, I I don't know, maybe it's different, but I feel like at least half of your clients have onboarded with a kind of a short-term goal in mind. Yeah, I would but, say it's more just broad. It's like, hey, I, I want to look better. I want to look better. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, that's great. It's there's a time frame, yeah, probably related to how we're going to be able to do this. Do you feel like? laying out that timeline helping it which helps them focus on a long-term goal helps with their ability to execute the plan sorry what was that so do you feel like when you lay out that timeline 
and you give them kind of a long-term expectation, right? Like it's uh-huh. not three weeks, it's not week to week. It's, hey, in six months, this is kind of where I think we'll be. And here's kind of the benchmarks along the way. Do you feel like it makes it easier as the client to do the plan and execute the plan? I think so. I mean, I've, I haven't seen any complaints about it yet. If anything, people are more happy that they have like just something to physically look at. Like, okay, we're about right here. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so if I were to sign up and be a new client for you, I give Absolutely you- Absolutely not. I give you my intake information and like what exactly do I get in return? Like as far as like, is it you get all my love and attention? Well, me specifically. Yes. I'm not talking <laughs> no, about me. Everyone. Everybody, everybody gets your love and attention. Um, I will say you are very quick to respond to your clients. And so the, he, he really does mean it when he says you get his attention because like when people have questions or reach out or do check-ins or anything, like his clients are a priority. And I think that that's important for people to know. But I think my my question is specific to um, like what material am I receiving? Is it a Word doc with <laughs> – like I know we've kind of touched on this in the past. But for people that haven't listened to the other four episodes we've put out, <laughs> like what what's the setup look like? Do Am I like – FaceTiming you every week? Is it a phone call? Is it a text? Is it WhatsApp? Is it Do you like, want to like my check-in process? Is... Well, no, I'm talking like at the very start. I signed up, I gave you my intake. What kind of information do I get? Like, is it all in one format? Nothing. Is this it... is all a scam. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what do you get? <laughs> uh, the look I'm getting is fantastic. <laughs> What do I get as your client? I just signed on. I have all my background information to you. You've I've paid you. What kind of materials am I receiving back from you? You are getting a grand spanking email from me, which basically, not basically, it, it lays out everything that I want you to do, kind of what I got. So even if I just pulled up, the fact I can't even remember it from memory, it's great. But I mean, like get like I give you like a general outline of like. Um, so does that contain the timeline, right? Like that lays out timeline, and then all the other materials, or is the timeline a conversation you have before you send out the plan? Uh, t- timeline is kind of a general thing we go over in the plan, okay. or before we come up with the plan. But no, like it, I have like a physical spreadsheet that like has all your. I do like food calculations in. It has like a. Fi- actual physical timeline that especially when you're in like a bodybuilding scene too we can actually like keep track of like okay this we're 12 weeks out eight weeks out four weeks out so we you can get real specific on that but no i like it i give you like a physical calendar that you can look at too got it um that's a bunch of food calculations that, that i really use right off the bat um depending where we're at i sometimes don't even touch the spreadsheet like i Right. You really don't even need it sometimes. Like, it's kind of just a baseline of like, here's the information delivered to the client in mm-hmm. an easily digestible format, right? Yeah. Like that's the point is that it's enough details that they feel like they can wrap their head around the process, but not so in depth that they get lost in the weeds. Right. So kind of my spreadsheet is like super in depth focus. So it's like, a, it's got that timeline on it. It's got like food calculations. It's got what I want, what I want them to be lifting right now. And like what, what exercises and notes on those exercises, all that sort of stuff. So really that all goes into the spreadsheet that they get. And so I can easily, it's a Google sheet, so they can look at it while I look at it at the same time and they can see adjustments on the fly. Um, That's pretty cool. Um, I have, I have the hookup with uh, our HRT clinic that we use team 360 health. Yeah, that's a cool. new switch over. Yep. Good old, good old Chris Neal. Just, I, I highly re- I recommend people to go get their blood work checked yep. so, again. See stuff that's internally going off. Yeah, or stuff that's in internally. See if there's anything wrong. Yep. Have a specific doctor that I can sit on phone calls with with yeah. the client too. Yep. So 
That's that's including that. So yeah, really got her own HRT hookup in here too right. with free consultations. There's that. Yep. And he understands like the coach client dynamic, which is helpful because he's able to, I feel like he does a good job of like communicating of like, do you want your coach involved? Like, like he's pretty good about like under understanding how to incorporate you into that information and how to keep things personal too. So if clients don't want you involved in those conversations, you don't have to be, but he's totally open to you sitting on those conversations if needed. Hmm. Yep. So we got all this, got, got what I want for how I want your recovery to look like tips on that. Yep. Like just general, general tips about your food and stuff and like measuring things. Um, what I have like I really go into in depth about types of sets and stuff that I have labeled in the lift program or like warm ups and all that stuff. Um, I have a pretty in depth process or explanation of what I want, like your check in process to look like with me weekly. So, like, I'd, I need pictures of you, obviously. Yeah. Like, weights are great and all, but pictures tell the whole story. Yeah. You're not a number. So, can't emphasize that enough. But, like, in depth on your check in process, like, I need your videos of lifting. If you guys have questions, your pictures, I have a bunch of specific questions I want you guys to answer or else mm -hmm. I really can't. It, if you get, if you guys don't give me all this sort of stuff, I'm like I can only do so much to help you. Like right. this, I'm online for a reason. So I can reach more people, but that means need there needs to be effort in the communication and mostly because you're not seeing people working with them in person to know those things offhand. Again, yeah. it's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of the reason I'm asking is because I obviously started with you long before some of this stuff was fine-tuned. Like, it was obviously you had your master spreadsheet for everyone developed, but mm -hmm. it's been updated and adjusted since then. And to be honest, I live with you, so mm -hmm. you're, oh, you're aware of pretty much everything going on. So other than filling out my WhatsApp <laughs> template for yeah. answering the questions, I feel like everything else between us is very... Um, very like weekly, daily conversations rather than me having to reach out to you via text or WhatsApp or phone call. And so I don't, I don't see any of this because I obviously if I have a questions. I walk into the same room that you're sitting in and I ask you the question. Right. Um, and so that's partly why I'm asking is because I don't even really know what it looks like to be a regular client for you. I know yeah. what it's like to be your wife who just asks you the question when I have it and not... <laughs> texting yeah. you or whatever so yeah okay that makes sense yeah um, also just with something i developed like early this year is like a recipe and like food prep guide for yeah. people because meal prepping people is just, hard yeah meal prep is hard yeah. so that's just a little something extra i throw in too and i think part of the reason it's hard is because our i don't i mean i don't i can't speak for other cultures but like especially in the united states it's a very common to seek out variety like the idea of having something different for dinner every night and mm -hmm. like my coworkers look at me like i'm insane that i eat the same thing every day for every meal and like we've talked about this before like i'm totally fine with that because the idea of having to think about other foods and that sort of thing gives me so much anxiety and it's actually a barrier for me to actually get all my food in if I have to think too hard about what to make. So the monotony is actually a lot easier for me because I don't have to focus on all of the other decisions. Um, But I think that is hard for people to wrap their head around like how much food do I need to buy in order to make sure I'm not going to the grocery store in the middle of the week to buy food like and how can i prep it so that if i buy too much that i'm not stuck with all this food that's two weeks old and still having to try to eat it mm -hmm. so i don't have to just throw it away so i think that's been super helpful for people and i just think it was something you know unique that you put together that i don't feel like every coach has available and so i think that that's super helpful for people i mean can some people still just look up stuff on their phone Sure. Yeah, but I think too, especially when you're paying someone who's supposed to or whose job is to help you, I think sometimes the hesitation comes in when I don't want to just start like contradicting things I read on the internet versus what my coach is telling me to do. So I think people are hesitant to just go find their own answers because they have a kind of a small fear of basically effort in opposite directions, right? Like, oh, well, I found this great thing online, but 
it actually adds 200 calories to my day and now my diet's ruined because I (laughs) prepped with this extra seasoning or sauces or I mean it's crazy what some of those recipes add as far as like even like a wine sauce adds so many calories to your meal so it's stuff like that where like you feel like you're being creative and oh I found this great way to make food but oh my gosh it actually just ruined my meal plan because it adds like 300 calories I wasn't (laughs) accounting for Uh, my chicken rice tastes so much better now but now I'm not using chicken. I'm using 70, 30 ground beef. <laughs> and the sauce I'm using. It's so Has good. 100 calories per tablespoon. Have you ever heard of ranch? <laughs> yeah. Or like I was joking the other day because I was looking at, and this is not, I'm not trying to cast shade on anyone I work with, but I was making this template for ordering food. And the number of times people were like sending me their food order for like Chipotle or Qdoba where they had some sort of like burrito or bowl where they had queso, shredded cheese, Mm. and sour cream Mm. on one order. I was just like, do you really need all three? (laughs) Like at some point, isn't the melted shredded cheese and the sour cream basically just queso? Like isn't queso basically just like melted cheese? Like why do you need shredded cheese and queso? I think you could argue queso is almost like a sauce at that point. (laughs) Yeah, but like why do you need the shredded cheese on top if you already have like a whole serving of queso on your bowl? Like I just don't – I don't get that because I don't like a lot of stuff on my food. So maybe that's – maybe I'm the weird one. It's it's probably me. You're on the opposite side of the weird. It's probably me. (laughs) Okay, so – um. What expectations do you want to set for new clients coming in? Like as far as under eating or like holding phases, prep phases, like I guess maybe do you have anything in any of those categories that you feel like is really important for like the general public or like a prospective client to understand? Um, Nothing really in terms of the, well, maybe uh, I would say definitely the biggest expectation is that I you for you to get the most out of this you have to also put in as much as i'm going to Mm -hmm. or vice vice versa right like if i'm putting in more than you are into this i'm easily going to pull back the effort i'm sorry right you know what i mean kind of a matching it's yeah like matching the effort in order to actually execute for expectations communication man it's like i won't this will go as far as the individual wants to go right you know what i mean so like I'll have like some, some people I have will give me everything and they're doing freaking awesome. And like some people, they really don't give me anything for me to be able to help them. So I'm like, okay, well, right. You I can, guess this you looks good. Only, Let's just do another week of what we're doing here. So, right. You can only work with the information being provided to you. So it's not worth banging your head against the wall, trying to force people to give you more information. If they're consistently just doing the bare minimum, if they're consistently doing the bare minimum or if they're just like constantly late on stuff or it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't talked to you in like two weeks or it's like, I'm sorry. I'm two days late. I didn't even tell you. It's going to do as well as the effort before. Do you feel yeah, like, exactly. do you feel like the effort in the check-in process is reflective of their effort in the actual process? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I it's get I've made this process so simple as much as possible that if you can't even give me the, this information in this text format that I have, you everybody knows how to send a text message. Mm-hmm. You you can send a meme to your friend. Yeah. Just it's what I th- like to do is I so when you switched over to WhatsApp, I copied the template like I yep. and I put it in my notes app in my phone. Mm-hmm. And so every week, every I check in on Saturday mornings. So every Saturday morning after I take my photos, I go into my notes app and I type in my answers or I, you know, so erase last week's answers and type in my new answers. And then I copy and paste it into my WhatsApp conversation with you so that I don't have to keep trying to like scroll up and copy and then scroll down and paste. So I literally just switch from app to app that's what i do and i feel like that's been the easiest way for me to like keep track of it instead of like typing out hey the like in like because typing in like the text message block i sometimes have a hard time like seeing what i wrote above or like Mm -hmm. reviewing the whole thing before i send it so that's why i like to use the notes app but that's just how i do it so in case somebody else is looking for a little tip trick on how they do it 
And then after I send the text, I then send the photos. But yeah, so um, I, mean, I guess the expectation is you're going to do as well as you put in the effort yeah. and you communicate with me. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like people struggle when you put them in like a holding phase? For sure, or some people, especially with like a reverse diet, it's like some some people want to lose a lose weight, weight right, right off, off the, bat the bat, or like really they want to, which could be a side effect of a reverse, especially for a lifestyle client. But there's usually uh, a little bit of like adjustment to the new food for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel like the like a holding phase is harder for people than a reverse because there's nothing really changing week to week for? Four to six weeks or? Well, yeah, for sure. Um, that, I mean, no, nobody just wants to sit there and kind of twiddle their thumbs or sit in between some stuff. But, I mean, not not that nothing's happening in that. Right. It's just that not time of span, dramatic changes. We're just not really mucking with anything going up or down. Right. Kind of like, letting the body settle. and. But, like, if you're still working hard for four to six weeks, like. there's Yeah, there's still going to be progress still easily, made. Yeah. Like, that's almost two months that you're going to the gym like nothing not nothing is going to happen right it just might not be the big changes so it's i mean in holding like the idea behind the holding phase it's more of holding the variables constant to let the work shine kind of a thing do you feel like that's a good way to describe it of like it's not truly holding it's not like you're stagnant but there's not going to be a ton of changes to the input variables in order to see changes in your output. Um, well, the re- reason I would ever do anything like a maintenance or a holding phase is going in between something. So like if we're coming out of a large, uh, just like a reverse diet for a long time, like just hold our progress here for a bit. Or if I feel like, um, yeah, food's pretty high and like, it's i don't really feel like their digestion is doing very well with the high food or there's there's just a bunch of other different factors for a reason to go into something Mm -hmm. like that it's let's just hold the brakes here for a minute and we just let let some things settle before we go do something else is really just kind of the point of it gotcha and so i'm in technically kind of a holding phase right now right you are yeah yeah so i just finished my reverse diet Last week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to figure out some things internally with you before we decide to either me trim you down a little bit more again or we go into adding more size. Yeah. Which so, you need more of, but I'd also like to extend it as much as possible. Right. You know and I mean? not try to push it in as tight of a frame. Um, so you would say like the holding phase idea is going to be more centered around people that are trying to figure out things with their digestion or their hormones or like giving your body a, a homeostasis basically with the variables that you can control. Yeah, it's almost like a break. Almost. While you figure out the variables that are unknown, right? Like, yeah, or it's, again, like the, the, there's so many reasons to do that sort of stuff. Like if you just come out, you come out of reversing from a prep, let's, fi- let's figure out what we want to do next. You know what it was like for you, for example, or yep. you just bulked up for a long time. It's like, okay, before we start cutting down, I want, want some of this, I want some of the quote unquote gains to marinate a little bit. Yep. If you go right into cutting right, right as you're bulking up. So like similar to what I just did with Matt, like yep. I spent six weeks just holding on to that weight we had at the very top now i'm cutting down yep you just kind of let things marinate for them to just kind of really hold on like there's no there's no one like one distinct reason reason to do this sort of stuff no that makes sense um what expectations would you like to set for people when they are getting ready to start a prep phase set aside the next oh gosh 20 24 plus so Eats. timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to ha, ha, have the expectation that prep is not just you dieting down. Yeah. But um, you dieting down for 20, 24 weeks with some breaks in there in the middle or maybe maybe a couple of deloads if we do it right. And then also the reverse diet process. Unless you want to mess yourself up next year after you just get down to as little body fat as you've ever had. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Um, well, my last question is, how does the process differ for your lifestyle clients versus contest prep clients or bodybuilding clients? It doesn't. It doesn't? It literally doesn't. It's all the same thing. 
the body lifestyle is shit or i should say bodybuilding is just the same sort of lifestyle just just on steroids by <laughs> lack of better words right so it, it's all the same stuff it's just you're more i would say it's more concentrated detail oriented not detail oriented but yeah intense. it's more intense okay. yeah that's that's the best way to describe so it. so as far as like what clients receive from you it's the same but yeah. the expectation on the effort and input from the client is probably higher for a bodybuilding client than a lifestyle Depend, depends how good the bodybuilder wants to be do you think that some of your lifestyle clients have more bodybuilding oriented goals without the idea of show like they don't necessarily want to compete but their desire for a certain aesthetic puts them kind of in the same caliber as your bodybuilding clients or do you think there's more of a distinction between like former athletes versus people who have never really been in in athletics um because I feel like not all of your clients are just the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know your process and your approach with them might be very similar, but I feel like, I don't know, everyone always talks about like, oh, my lifestyle clients versus like my contest prep clients. But with exception of like prepping for a specific show, do you feel like there's really any difference in your mind between the two of them? Other than how hard I could like how extreme the cut might be or yeah, I mean, the build. yeah i mean that that that's all i'm saying is like lifestyle and body it's it's one and the same thing just bodybuilding or it's comp competition it's, it's fitness extreme versus it's just fitness. extreme yeah okay it is all it is so how i approach any of that and it's again no it's just it's not any different gotcha i don't really think it should be any different why, why should it be any different i agree i just my thing is, is people always act like they're so different and like their lifestyle clients are just different than their bodybuilding clients. And in my mind's eye, I'm like, well, they might have different goals. Yes. But I mean, if as you're, far if as like the process of fitness, it should pretty much be the same. Well, if you're a quote unquote lifestyle client, that's pretty broad. Right. But like if your lifestyle client has is more focused on the idea of like physique changes, like, OK, well, do you know what physique changes are? It's, it's just bodybuilding. bodybuilding. Yeah. It's maybe less extreme. Right. But that's all it is. But like if somebody that just wants to lose maybe a couple or just wants to get more um, consistent with like eating habits. Like, right. I mean, that's one thing. Right. Like physique changes will be a byproduct of that, hopefully. Right. But if their goal is a physique change, it's basically bodybuilding, but maybe just on a less extreme level of I'm I'm not looking to do a show. I Depending just know who it is. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I think that comes down to the idea of like a lot of people think of like bodybuilding as in season and out of season. And the reality is if you want to get anywhere and go anywhere, like bodybuilding is a lifestyle. Prep is a season in that lifestyle. So it's not like, oh, the life I live during my off season is totally different than the life I live on my in season. It's like, well... Are you really taking it seriously then? Because it's pretty much a lifestyle. I like, think, if I think that comes back to the discussion is the lifestyle and bodybuilding. Like, again, it's one and the same thing. Right. So, why why, why would, would you treat them any differently? Why yeah. would your Why would your in season versus out of season, quote unquote, be any different? It's still or like for lifestyle people, it's life, yeah, style. Like, it's all of it. You yep. know what I mean? So why why would that be any different? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's an in interesting uh, industry-based definition in, like, the fitness world. Like, a lifestyle client versus, like, a contest prep or bodybuilding client. Like, I agree with you. We're saying the same thing. Like, yeah. it it shouldn't be different. But the fitness industry has kind of designated them as different yeah. as far as, like, your end goal. It's like, mm -hmm. well not in a lot of ways i don't feel like it's totally they're they're not this they're not different like it's just how you think about it yep you have some questions we have received some oh i questions. would like i would like to take a quick second to apologize to chase benson for not believing in him it's on last public, week's podcast public apology. i offered a public apology for my lack of faith in his ability to take down a larger than average sized black bear so, Chase, I am so very sorry. I will never doubt you again. You obviously would take down the average, more, larger than average black bear. So, 
just want to put that I feel like there. you're just saying that to say it now. I think Chase has to actually physically fight a bear now for us to determine this. Agreed. First question. <laughs> From Chase Bethton. <laughs> is Kyle Rigg the Walmart version of Chris Mumstead? I haven't seen Rig in a really long time, so I do not feel confident answering that question. I'm probably going to get... The Walmart <laughs> version of Chris Bumstead. Like a super Walmart? or <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it means like the great value brand. <laughs> I haven't seen Rig with a mustache, so I'm going to go with no. Oh, okay. No. All right. Plus, I don't even know if he's used Code Montana Tent. So, I mean, I don't know if he uses raw products. So, obviously, it's, I'm going I'm, I'm to go true. with no. I'm going to go with no because I haven't seen Rig in forever, and I don't think he listens to this podcast, so I don't think he'll be offended. If he is offended, he can let me know himself. <laughs> Look for Morgan's apology next week. <laughs> Might be off topic, but what kind of moo-moos, a.k.a. cows, do y'all have? Also, give Mac a head pat. Oh, well, he's outside right now because he couldn't be good. Um, what kind of moo-moos do we have? Well, my dad has uh, a herd of mothers, uh, a herd of pears. So he um, breeds them in the fall and calves them in the um, – he tries to have March-April calves. So he ends up anywhere between February and May depending on how well the – the breeding went. He has five bulls and I think he's has like 89 moms right now. So, um, and they're just black Angus. And then my brother runs a feedlot. So none of them are actually his. Um, he custom feeds. So people bring in their cattle. They ship in their cattle, um, usually sometime between September and November. And they're usually here until Usually till the 1st of May, but this year was kind of weird with some of the late sales and then people just trying to figure out pasture because um, we had so much snow for so long. Um, and so he honestly got rid of his last pen of cattle probably the first week of June, which is extremely late. Um, but he feeds anywhere uh, between like steers and replacement heifers for people. He does do some bull uh, feeds so he feeds some some uh, like certified red angus bulls and some of that for specific clients so it just kind of depends on what his clients have and what they bring so we have pretty much everything um out here there's nothing specific we don't have any dairy cows so if you're looking for fresh raw milk we don't have that for you not yet um, <laughs> but yeah so currently on the farm is black angus but it kind of just depends on who Ryan has for clients and what they bring. Yep. Yeah. And then Morgan has one cow and it's me. Alex Angus Neal. Actually, I have two if you count Mac because his middle name is also Angus. <laughs> <laughs> what does your current training look like? What does yours look like? Well, I was just informed I'm taking a deload. So Morgan's week. doing nothing. Great. No. Uh, right now... My training um, has been a eight-day split spread across three days a week in the gym, right? Did I say that right? I have four workouts. I work out every other day, but I'm only in the gym for three days, so they rotate. So not every Tuesday is the same workout. It rotates off one day, um, and it's all legs. So I have a quad progressive overload. I ha Then I have a glute progressive overload. Then I have a quad pump, and then I have a glute hamstring pump. Um, and so I'm not doing any upper body right now, um, cause we're working on leg size. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what does mine look like? Um, I just, cause I just started cutting. I changed from what I was, I, this year I'd gone from kind of what, what was super low volume. So like a top set and like maybe an intensifier, like a rest pause or something, or just one top set to doing something more medium volume, which is um, kind of generally something closer to what Renaissance periodization kind of programs for people. Um, go ahead and look them up. They're, they're pretty smart too. Um, and then from there, kind of middle of the year, uh, 
down in size. I went to something that was definitely more high volume, thanks to James Ball, which is honestly kind of was was really really nice. How I kind of did this sort of periodiz- periodization of stuff this year, um, and it's, I saw really good results from it. So, um, kind of going forward, I've been doing doing that, testing that on some clients too doing a little more lower to medium to higher volumes like that with a little more supersets on pump stuff. And it's, it seems to be going really well. So, but, um, in terms of what I'm doing right now, I really do believe during, during like periods of, um, like caloric deficit stuff that you need to, you need to keep a closer eye on, um, what you're doing for volume, let's say I just throw on a shit, shit ton of supersets or just like, okay, well, I'm going to do 30, 40 sets of stuff this week. And you know what I mean? So, um, I, I've brought all my stuff down to maybe each body part I'm doing, maybe a total of 10 to 15 working sets a week for like, if that, um, really putting in more of an emphasis on upper body stuff. Cause I, again, I still feel like my, my legs are decent for where I'm at. Um, so what, what that kind of looks like is I, I am doing a push, push pull legs, which, um, it's pretty, pretty similar to any other program. Like if you do a chest back leg and checks chest back quads, still the same damn thing so mm-hmm. um but i'll do push which is more more chest pull which is has no lower back loading and then i'll do legs which is more more of a quad focus for the most part because i actually feel like my, my hamstrings are pretty decent it's more of my quads that need work um and then i'll go into arm day which just goes it's it's almost like an off day at that point but at the same time i i feel like i just I need more upper body still, so just arms, totally fine. Um, then I'll go into another push, which is more shoulders, and then I'll go into a pull day, which has a heavy deadlift in it. So I still get a little bit of legs out of that, but I'll put more of an emphasis on loading my erectors this day. So, um, yeah, so push, pull, push, pull, legs, arms, push, pull is what I'm doing right now with maybe – a max of three to four sets in an exercise. So, and what do you, as far as your split or like what days you're in the gym? Obviously, you work at the gym, so you're there pretty much every day. But yeah, you're there. We've we've currently been taking Saturdays off as an off day. So, do you rotate? I, I'm asking because I don't know. Do you rotate that? split across those six days so that not every day is the same thing or is like every friday arm day no every friday is my deadlift day right but so Uh, so you have certain days line up every day of the week basically yeah i I mean if it's the the whole split thing you, you you can do it so many different ways if you have the ability to do or if you like having a rotating split like that like i think that's great like i i have one other girl she she really doesn't have a really good set schedule, like, but she wants to do wellness. So if I have her doing legs every other day, she can she can now hit legs four she can hit legs eight times every sixteen days versus um what, six times? Right. You know, so she so she's getting she's getting more legs out of that. Um really just kind of depends on what your schedule looks like. Doing six days a week makes the most sense to me. me. Just, <laughs> just base them in there every day. I get a day off. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I currently rotate, um, I'm only technically in the gym three days a week because a we take Saturdays off, and so that way I have a pretty set schedule, and we always have a Saturday off together. But also because all I do is legs, so I kind of need a day in between each workout to recover. Otherwise, I'd probably not be walking or not be performing the way if you I can should. do legs every day i would really question how, how much effort i was doing with those workouts yeah, yeah. I, i'd also really question how much progress you're actually making too yeah because there's no time for a recovery or for your muscles to actually like set into what you're doing i guess yeah, yeah. gotcha but 
yeah, so it's, that is that's kind of what I'm doing. Definitely more of an upper body emphasis on my sort of stuff. And if you have the ability, I I have the ability to train six times a week and recover very well from it because this this coaching stuff's all I really do. So it's not like I'm on my feet all the time. So, yep. How long should a reverse diet be? That is impossible to answer. <laughs> Um, until your body is ready to be done reverse dieting. My, my general, my general rule I've been following is at least 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. I would like, if we can, if you can push it to, uh, 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 it's such a hard question. It's, it depends. It depends. <laughs> I, I would say at least 12 weeks, like in, like in theory, like say you've been, you've just been super undercaloried for a very long time. I think pushing it closer to like 20 to 24 weeks makes a lot more sense because then you've had more time to like kind of like stabilize yourself a little bit. But like it, it just really depends on the person. Like I, it's, I tried doing this with my sister, right? And at the end of, 16 weeks we tried to go into a diet phase and still nothing really happened but knowing knowing lauren super well she she's been she's been in this state of really not eating for freaking years, years. Right. i mean years so like if if you're at that point yeah it's probably it's probably gonna take you a lot longer right. you know yeah to really stay in that stage and may maybe there's something else internally wrong with you i right. i don't know yeah, like even thinking about my stuff, I mean, I my poor eating and all of that has obviously been going on my whole life, but I really started being more cognizant of it when we started dating and you pointed out the fact that I had a really weird eating schedule slash ate nothing. You still have a weird eating schedule. <laughs> um I'm still working on it. I yeah, he is. Um but I think I started becoming more aware of it. And so I started trying to, I wasn't very, I wasn't super successful. I went through really good phases and not so good phases of trying to be more consistent and eating better. Um, and I wouldn't say eating better because it's not that I ever ate like super terrible. I definitely like dessert, but I would always, I mean, my diet has always pretty much been like chicken and rice or chicken and potatoes. So it's not like I really had to like fix what kind of foods I was eating. I just needed to be more consistent about eating them and about eating a specific quantity. So when I think about it, though, like I've honestly been working on trying to create those habits probably since we started dating. Mm -hmm. So that's we've been together for almost six years. So like when I think about this last time when we when I started working with you as my like official coach and we started bringing up my calories that looked very different for me because I'd already spent the previous five years kind of like slowly trying to be more consistent right like it's mm -hmm. not like I went from eating really sporadically and eating terribly like yes when I started working with you I wasn't eating very much but I was at least eating consistently Right. Like it may not have been very much, but it was not very much consistently. So like that was one less thing we had to try to overcome as far as like a schedule or like getting in food. I just needed to increase the amount of foods I was eating at those times. Mm -hmm. um, and so like looking at that, I my first reverse, I wouldn't even say took 16 weeks because we literally spent almost a year yeah. adding food. And on top of that, before that, I spent probably five years trying to be better about not very successfully, but trying to be better about eating more consistently. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, folks. What's your meat of choice? Um, mine is chicken, turkey, or not white fish. <laughs> so chicken, turkey, or tuna, because I am actually allergic to red meat. I can't I, – I, then I take that back. I can I also do – I can also do venison. <laughs> your – get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> um, I am allergic well, to – I'm allergic to beef and pork, bison, 
goes along with the beef. Um, I'm allergic to duck. I'm allergic to darn. Yeah, so I can I can Not do duck. venison. I can do venison, so I can do like deer or elk, but I can't do red meat. It has to do with how the protein is composed. So I do chicken or turkey mostly. When I run out of that, I, we do have some deer in our freezer that I'll sub in usually towards the end of the week for some variety. But my go-to is chicken. Um, I can't do white fish. So if I do fish, I try to do tuna. Um, but if I'm on a low fat, we do, like if I'm trying to cut out fat sources, we do chicken or venison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if we're going out to eat somewhere, going to get a New York for sure. Yeah. Medium rare. Nice. Is it ne- specific to restaurants or? Yeah, it just says what's your meat of choice. Oh. Um, I like a nice New York just because it, it just has that little strip of fat there on the back. So every single bite has a proportionate amount of like fat to it. So you, you, it kind of, it just all, you, you just get the right amount every time you take a bite out of it mm-hmm. versus like you go to your ribeye, like, Half the time, I don't know if it's just me, but the luck I have with ribeyes, it's half of it's fat. Yep. Or they just royally burn the hell out of it. Right. They don't cook it to your specification. I like medium rare, but like I've gotten rare steaks before because there's just so much fat on this thing. Right. That they sear the fat and it's, oh, this it's clearly done because it's smoking all over the place. Right. Old mountain. Unbelievable. Um, in terms of like prep food, like I've really been liking turkey recently, you know, some ground turkey. It's re- really easy to get down, you know, eight ounces of turkey in a meal that way. If it's ground up like that versus like trying to eat a chicken breast, especially if you don't, especially if like cook it wrong, <laughs> it's just rubber. That's hard to do, but yeah, those are my meats of choice. <laughs> Do you have a favorite zero sugar drink? Yes, it's called coffee. I hope you've heard of it. <laughs> um, occasionally we'll do like Coke Zero and we'll buy like a flat of Coke Zero at the at Costco and it'll last us probably like three or four months because we don't drink it very often. Um, but yeah, coffee. We're easy. We're coffee for survival type people, so we don't usually do like frou-frou drinks. So it's not like we're going to Starbucks and trying to figure out the best way to do like a zero calorie coffee. Like we brew coffee at home and we drink it black. Yeah, it's, I would probably like sodas more, but like just the longer I do this, the just the bloated feeling I get from like bubbly drinks, I, I just hate it. Yeah. I just hate it so much. I will use it when I'm really struggling with like cravings because it helps me that that like stomach expansion from the carbonation helps me feel full. Um and so it and then plus it it's something that has taste or kind of a sugar aspect. So a lot of times I'll either do like a Coke Zero or like a LaCroix just so that I have like that feeling of fullness without actually like going to the cupboard and eating something to fill the void. And some of that just comes to, I have a harder, like I'm still working on the mentality of like dealing with cravings. So sometimes I need that extra, like I can't handle the craving today. I'm going to give in. So I'm going to have a a sugar-free carbonated beverage to help me feel full. So, yeah. Water's great too. Water's really great for you. So zero calorie beverage. You know, it's even better than water. Two scoops of raw pump. Everybody <laughs> use code. Is it zero sugar? It is zero sugar. There you go. I think there's like sucralose or something in it. Yeah. Most everything that's sweetened but zero sugar has. Look, if you use code Montana10 when you buy some <laughs> Get Raw Nutrition Pump, it'll have at least 10%, 10% less, less sugar in it. <laughs> but you have to use Montana 10. It just, it just won't. It's, it's the it, only way they know to give you the right stuff. Yeah. Is <laughs> that the last question? That's all I got. That's all she wrote. All right. Well, that is it for us. Thanks for sticking around for five of these. Like My favorite is when you guys text me about your like favorite comments about 
what we said on the podcast. It helps me feel like we actually cater to bigger audience than just ourselves on Saturday mornings. I feel so. good when I get messages messages from Chase and believing in him I taking know. down Black Bear. <laughs> well, I got called out for not believing in him. So yeah, asshole. <laughs> Again, Chase, I'm so sorry. She's not. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got. And stay tuned for next week. Um, we're trying to set up a special guest for next week um and because she'll be in town and so it'll be nice to we're gonna we're gonna test out this guest thing without having to deal with the technology aspect of a remote interview um so yeah oh we're doing Tava next week did you not hear me say special guest you'll find out next week you can't spoil it jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> give the people something to look forward to. You can't just like give away everything. I can. Kay. I just did. Apparently, you just just don't include this many. part. Well, how am I supposed to close it then? Just with that's it. You want me to cut out all of that? That entire spiel I just gave about thanks for listening and sending us just messages. Re- just redo it again right now. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you would like to follow, like, subscribe, comment, however you want to show us support, that'd be great. Um, Alex is currently pulling out some food to cook because he ruined the ending of our podcast. So he has officially left the table. Um, But thank you so much for showing us support and listening. And we just really appreciate you all. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.